Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas of the Post-Dispatch. This is the global pandemic uh, version of the uh, of the NetFront. Uh, our beloved hockey industry shut down like so many, and uh, everybody in wait-and-see mode, JT, uh, just got any gut feeling as to how the NHL is going to going to navigate the uh, the weeks and months ahead well first off i am practicing proper social distancing i believe i'm uh, a matter of fact i've exceeded the six foot recommendation i believe i'm uh oh maybe about 15 miles uh from you guys so i think i'm pretty safe there uh as far as the uh the uh coronavirus landscape in the uh in the league first off i'm i'm a little jolted by this uh, ottawa senators report the first player testing positive they were in the honda center in the visiting locker room less than 24 hours before the blues were there i guess actually maybe about 12 hours if you count the morning skate so that's a little scary and uh yours truly was down there uh, roaming the uh, roaming the hallways outside the locker room now even at that point there were no uh, uh reporters allowed in the locker room they they uh roped off uh they Put a little makeshift podium in the hallway and and uh, uh, roped off. Uh, actually, Dan O'Neill actually took six paces to six feet, and 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 we were behind this little podium, but we were interviewing him in the locker room. So that's a a little bit of sobering thought. I, I, we hope all the sen- uh, senators are safe and, and the Blues are safe, and uh, you know we we know too. Uh, you know they haven't identified the player, but uh, you know St. Louis and Brady Kachuk is among the. Uh, is among the uh, senators' players, so so hope uh, everybody's okay there. As far as the league as a whole, I uh, it, you know the landscape is is, is changing so quickly. I, I remember initially talking to Doug Armstrong. He said, "Well, we're basically we're just going to lie low for seven to ten days, find out what the new normal is, and then you know about four days later, we found out the the, the league was basically uh, shutting down until uh, uh, at least until uh, mid May." Uh, the one thing that seems clear is the league is willing to go as long as it takes to get these games played, as long as they don't bump into the twenty twenty one season. And so I think they're probably willing to go. Uh, and and uh, I think some of the uh, the hockey insiders on on uh, uh, TSN up in Canada had uh, talked to some of the marquee players, and and they they're they're willing to go all the way through. Uh, september to do this and take october off and then come right back in uh in in november so uh uh the, the league seems committed if possible and who knows if that'll be long enough to you know if you pick up play say in august if that'll be long enough to, to have this virus contained but uh, uh that that that's where we're at right now yeah the good news for the nhl is that the the bulk of the season was was played uh if you had to go right to the postseason perhaps one option would be to have a uh, some play-in activity for some of the uh, spots that are bunched up. You know, certainly the Blues are safely into the playoffs by uh, by a mile, but there might be some activity to determine seeding because not everybody plays the same number of games. But and also uh, to try to set the bracket because it would not be fair uh, right now to just say okay, who's in, who's out because it's been there's been a lack of lack of equity. Or, or quality rather uh, among the uh, among the teams. So, th- you know, but the good news is most of the season's played, and you you could conceivably launch into the postseason pretty quickly. 
Yeah, yeah, I would think so. And and uh, you, you've got to make the regular season stand for something, the integrity of the regular season. You play roughly maybe a little less than 90%, roughly 90% of the season. So I think that has to count for uh, something. And, and at this point, there's not a big gap between games played uh, among all the teams you get this late in the season it, it tends to even out i think every team has played between 68 and 71 regular season games but i don't know how you uh, you know if you're letting extra teams in or having some kind of playoff games i don't know like where exactly do do, do you uh uh do you start and and where exactly do you stop now? For example, in in the uh, in the uh, uh, Western Conference, uh, you have uh, Nashville and Vancouver. They've both played uh, sixty nine games. They've both got uh, seventy eight points, and Nashville has a tiebreaker right now because they have just one more regulation game. Do you have a play in for that? Uh, you know, maybe so. But if you do that. Maybe the, the Colorado Avalanche are complaining, hey, we played one less game than the Blues. If we had that game in one, we would have the tiebreaker over them because the, uh, the Avalanche have uh, 37 regulation wins and, and the Blues have 33. That's the, that's the first tiebreaker now. Remember, it used to be the old row uh, regulation and overtime wins, which would, would uh, eliminate just uh, the shootout victories. But now the, the top tiebreaker is regulation wins. So... Uh, yeah, how, how, if you're if you're going to let extra teams or make some allowances, how how, how far do you go with that? Yeah, a good example. Uh, you go back to the uh, look over in the Eastern Conference, and uh, the Islanders have played 68 games, and they're one point back of the Blue Jackets for the last wild card spot. <laughs> so, yeah, and the Blue Jackets have played two more games. Right, so, right. Uh, so, they actually, yeah. if you're going by point, if you're going by point percentage rather than points, you would have the Islanders ahead of the blue blue jacket so you, you, there are there are a few things like uh, a few things like that so yeah now in terms of uh, what we can do in in terms of the net front presence is kind of reflect a bit on on what has occurred because the season uh, is in the bank much of the season's in the bank uh, we we don't know what's going to happen next we do know what did happen and uh, and Jim Thomas if you step back and look at it and now you've got plenty of time to do that the uh, the Blues responded to their Cup championship with about as good a season under all the circumstances uh, as anybody could have reasonably expected. Oh, no, no doubt about it. Especially considering, you know, everything that happened. I, I, I as we got to uh, uh, the season started to wind down, and and you know, I, I started to think about postseason awards. I was really surprised that. Craig Berube hasn't gotten really hardly any talk for for uh, 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 coach of the year. I mean, when you consider that just early in the tenth game, first period of the tenth game of the season, you lose Vladimir Tarasenko, a, a guy that's good for thirty to thirty-five goals every year, uh, dating back to, to two thousand fourteen and fifteen when he went down. Only two players in the entire league had scored more goals over that period going back to the start of the 14-15 season, and uh, that would be Ovechkin, obviously, and, and uh, John Tavares. That's it. So you're talking about one of the elite goal scorers. So you have that. You have the normal uh, thing of how tough it is to, to repeat uh, a, a, as a Stanley Cup uh, 
uh, champion. And the fact, I mean, uh, you know, and maybe you can speak to this, Jeff. I, I just got the sense because you're more aware of uh, kind of league-wide stuff that, you know, that the rest of the league thought, well, well what a cute little story. The St. Louis Blues uh, went going from last place uh, at the turn of the calendar year to win the Cup, but it's not like, I mean, there was a little bit of what I sensed was maybe, thought, well, it was kind of a fluke, a happy fluke, a fun fluke, but still that maybe they're not, they're not all that talented to be considered an elite team. And, and here they are, uh, second best record in the league w- without their top score for, for all but, uh, nine, uh, nine, uh, games in one period and, and, uh, uh right on top of the Western Conference. Yeah, if you go back and look at the projections, I think very few people were uh, pointing to the Blues as the sort of a um, surefire uh, cup threat again this season. I mean, Colorado was a sexy pick over on this side of the league, and, and, and rightfully so, because you could see that that sure. team was, was on its rise, and, and sure enough, uh, that team had uh, has proven, despite a myriad, you know, myriad injuries, to be worthy of some of that projection. But still, it was weird to see the Blues, you know, a lot of guys had them down like fifth or sixth in their power rankings, and it's like, okay, yeah, um, this is a legit team. And people forget that last year they won the Cup after a lot of guys did not play especially well during the course of the regular season uh, until the end. And then this year you've seen guys that weren't great a year ago in the regular season didn't play like they're supposed to. Braden Shannon yeah. and Jaden Schwartz are two guys that played like they're supposed to. Yeah, really, the the only guy who's down or way significantly down in his goals uh, uh, would be uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and that's of course because he refuses to shoot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, his point total really, because he's got just a ton, a truckload of assists, his point total isn't that far off from uh, from uh, where it ended up or, or or the pace that it was on uh, last year. But yeah, just a lot of guys come through. I don't have. Uh, the numbers in front of me, but I, I was just kind of keeping track. Okay, who uh, on the Blues kind of as these maybe this last week or so of the season played out kind of kept a running total of uh, okay, which Blues have already have have more points than they did last season? Which which Blues already have more assists, more goals? And it was like across the board, it was like ten or eleven Blues had already exceeded either goals, assists, points, or some combination, or maybe all of those. So. Uh, they had a lot of players picking up the slack for Tarasenko and a lot of players playing above, uh, you know, what, what we had expected. And a, lot, and a lot of players were getting uh, career highs, uh, particularly the, uh, the younger players. So you had a lot of players step up. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're talking most improved. I mean, would, would it be Zach Sanford? Would it be Robert Thomas? But really there's – O'Reilly's the only person that comes to mind that's that's really you know significantly off his goal pace. You know, Steen is down a little bit, but I mean, he, seven goals he had ten. Barbashev has eleven. I think he had thirteen or fourteen last year. A guy like Sunquist, I, I think he was headed to a twenty goal season. He's had all kinds of injury problems, and remember he uh, uh, he left the ice in Anaheim. The what what could be the last game. Of of the regular season uh, uh, permanently, I guess. But uh, I thought he was, you know, and, and we don't know how how badly he was hurt or whatever. But anyway, I thought he was set at twenty. Sammy Blay got off to a great start, and then then he was out for two and a half months with a wrist injury. So their player development, Jeff, and I mean players that were already you know on the roster and working with these young coaches, 
you, you really got to give hats off to the staff and, and the players. For uh, A lot of guys got better this season. Of course, two guys uh, that took a giant step that are a big part of their future. Uh, one, no surprise to see Robert Thomas uh, progress and just continue to tease us with even more potential. The, the sky is 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 his ceiling. I mean, there's just no limit to, to Thomas. You know, he's just going to keep getting better. Uh, I look at a guy like Braden Point. I think Thomas can be better than Braden Point, and that guy has obviously racked up some some wow. major, major uh, mm-hmm. offensive production for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then, of course, the, the story of the year. Zach Sanford. Ah, <laughs> a guy that we all wondered what was going to become, and we talked about him just about every week here on the net front. And, he, yeah. uh, and of course, he's been in the net front, and he's been poking around, and he's been you know mixing it up. And little by little, little, by little the Chief has brought the power forward out of Zach Sanford. Yeah, he, he sure has. And, and you talk about having patience with a player. I think if we called the past uh, uh, net front presence, and, and obviously – since our uh, listeners have plenty of time on their hand, right? They can go back and get the archive, right? They can listen oh, to yeah. every last one of them. Anyway, I I may have said on that front. I don't know, Jeff. I think I've seen enough of this guy, you know. <laughs> and I and I I think I may be uh, charged guilty there. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, he comes out of it. He has that big uh, four goal game right at the turn of the uh, new year in uh, in Vegas, and uh, he's just a he's a different looking player in terms of his confidence. But you know how. Uh, you know how Barubius he's constantly on these players, and, and, and in a direct way, but in a lot of times a constructive way for Sanford. You've got to be engaged. You've got to be physical. You've got to use your body. You've got to get in front of the net, and it would come and it would go. And right now, you know, and all players have ups and downs, peaks and valleys, but his, uh, uh, to borrow from a, kind of a pet phrase of Doug Armstrong, his valleys are a lot higher now, uh, less deep than they were uh, before and uh, you know you, you see the guy he's got he's got kind of a, a sneaky quick wrist shot he's got very good hands he's got the size and it, it's just all it's just all coming together for him and you know you talk about Thomas you know he he was already he's on probably at age twenty you know he he can't legally drink yet in the, the U S although we we did see some uh, some very damning evidence at the uh, parade in June that uh, he, he may have violated local law but uh, he, he's on. This year, he's already on like a fifty-point pace, and like you said, I, I, you know, you know, and he's still more of a pass-first guy, but he's starting to shoot more, which is good. I think he could be a fifteen to twenty-five goal guy consistently, and you know, maybe sixty, seventy, maybe maybe some years average uh, 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 a point a game. Uh, Jeff, you uh, one of the fun parts of sitting next to you in the press box. Obviously, you have seen a ton of games, so you've seen a lot of. Great players, and just just to see you get excited about a move he makes or a pass he makes or how he might elude a check or a defender, it's 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 been fun to see. Yeah, I mean, it's just he'll do stuff that you just don't see a lot of guys in the league do. I mean, we talk the the big phrase now is edge work because he can make those very tight turns. Uh, Vince Dunn has great edge work uh, in terms of being able to to, to reverse direction and, and scoot up the ice and, and just no space at all. Uh, Thomas consistently creates space for himself uh, as a puck carrier gaining the zone, as a guy, a playmaker trying to maintain control in the zone. He can continue continually uh, drive defensemen crazy with his ability to spin away. And, and then, again, he knows what to do uh, with the puck when he, when he has it. I mean, just uh, I mean, on the, the last net front, you know, I was on talking to, to Tom Timmerman, it's just that 
You know, just a little pass he makes uh, to Colton Preco for a big blast at the at the at the top of the left circle. Well, he had to he had to beat a guy. He had to get a pass through a guy, which he did. He had to lay the puck out there, which he did. It was couldn't have been better on a tee for a guy. And, and but that's just what he does. And he, just a very unique, uh, very unique ability to anticipate, uh, to uh, to execute, and then of course the the real skill is in a sense creating his own opportunity, as they say in basketball, creating your own shot. He He's not a catch and shoot guy. Some guys can get a pass and make a pass. Uh, he, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he can he creates his own. Yeah, yeah, and this you know in a league where obviously the hardest thing to do is get time and space for a guy that can create space. And you know what, Jeff? And now he's not nearly as far along, but he's making progress. I think Jordan Cairo has a lot of those same uh, characteristics in terms of, and and part of it is just because he has his. He has a uh, you know elite speed. I mean, he's he's definitely would be in the top uh, percentage of uh, of speed guys. And you also have to factor in again. This was pretty early in the season, but uh, Kyrou told me that uh, he 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 still thought he had another gear. He still people forget he's coming back from that kneecap surgery. He missed basically an entire off season of training because he was coming off that surgery. He thought maybe he was ninety ninety five percent back in terms of his speed, which. Next season, who knows, maybe even if the season resumes, he'll have most or uh, all, all of that last year back. But Kyrou can create space. Kyrou is a, is, is, is a really good passer, too. Now, he's still, in terms of the puck possession and playing defense and playing uh, away from the puck and, and uh, you know, getting in the corners and, and, and mucking it up, he, he still has a ways to go. Uh, Thomas, even now, uh, says, yeah, I still have to work on my defense. All these guys... These young guys, they are high IQ hockey players. They know what they have to do. They know what it takes. And I've been around Kyra enough that, that, that he realizes that. Now, he's got a little bit more of a scorer's mentality, shooter's mentality than Thomas. So uh, they're a little bit different there. But, but, again, when you look at both of those guys, and if Kyra can even approach what Thomas has done already, I mean, the, the Blues really would have hit in those uh, – in, in those top uh, two prospects, I mean, they've been considered the crown jewels of the system for a few few years, and now top, Thomas is bearing that fruit, and, and Cairo isn't all that far off. All right, and while we're talking about happy topics, the uh, Colton Preco, um, what's his ceiling? Norris Trophy. Now you say, well, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, how could you say that? Well, <laughs> I mean, he is just he's just figuring it out, and now that he's asserting himself a bit offensively, you know, in terms of his ability to check, match up, shut down, all those things, very few guys are better at that. I think you're going to see a guy that's going to play for his country quite a bit. He's going to get a reputation um, as a, maybe not a high-end offensive guy, but a, boy, could, could he uh, could he eventually get to a Drew Doughty level of production? Maybe without quite as much edge, but but could could he be that type of guy? Uh, there's no question. And we've seen, again, the offensive side here belatedly uh, toward the end of the season just coming a giant surge. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the thing is that helps them, and we've wondered this out loud on, on the net front and just in the press boxes, he's playing on the power play. Now, it's still the second power play unit, but that is so uh, important for really for any player. I mean, that's the you, there's just more chances. Those, those are coveted spots. And for a while that spot was Falk, then that Justin Falk, then Pareko, 
came in for a while. Then it was Falk for a long, long time. So it's just recently that uh, we've seen Pareko have a uh, uh, a regular turn on, on on the power play and and, and using that uh, using that shot and, and it's paying off. Yeah, is he a double figure scorer? You know, ten goals a year for a defenseman is like twenty goals a year for for a, a, a forward and. Uh, you know that remains to be seen, but like you said, all the other areas of his game have have developed so much. Playing, I think the the better part of a season with uh, uh, Jay Bowmeister uh, starting about the, the midpoint last year and, and uh, the first part of uh, uh, half or so of of, of, of this year before uh, 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 Jay Bowmeister went down, I think really really helped him in terms of the defensive stuff. And you, you see what he does, Larry Robinson. Uh, Mike Van Ryn, they've, they've talked to him endlessly about uh, using your wingspan, using your reach. Uh, his stick work is so good now, you know, using that wing, wingspan to poke pucks away. We can see now it takes him a little while to get going because he's a bigger frame. You know, I, I was joking with uh, uh, Pareko uh, a- after a, a game on the road. I think it might have been in uh, the last game in Dallas that uh, who would win a race between you and the uh, you and Cairo, and, and he thought a, a quicker race Cairo would win because he just, boom, he's 1-60. to 60. But what, once Pareko gets going with those long legs, he just gobbles up the uh, uh, gobbles up the ice. So he's got all that going for him. The, the only thing, once in a while, the smaller, quicker players give him problems just with their quickness because when you're with, with the quick change of direction stuff, when you're 6'6", six, six and what is he, 215, 220, 225, it, it takes a – just a little bit longer to, to move that, that, that frame really quickly. But, uh, yeah, he's another guy that uh, obviously has, has improved tons, Jeff. Now, it, what's interesting about Craig Berube, here's what I love about the Chief, because, and this is why I think he's going to have some shelf life. We all know that the Chief is very demanding. He's got a way that he wants you to play. It's not an easy way to play the game. It takes a toll on your body. Uh, it requires discipline. It requires consistency. It requires mental sharpness and he doesn't want, like I said, he hates the Valleys. But the other thing you hear from him a lot when he talks about individual players is confidence. And he's mindful, having played the game, you know, 1,000-plus games, one of the toughest guys of his era, that guys also need to have confidence. You can demand, 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 but you can beat a guy down. You can, you can also uh, you can break his spirit. You can, uh, you can lose him as a coach. And you can help diminish his confidence. He seems to have the ability to demand a lot, at the same time being mindful that he has to bring some guys along to get them to be like a Zach Sanford is now playing with confidence. That you hear him talk about while he's playing with confidence, and he's going to get that place to that place. I think with a guy like Cairo. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's a great point, and at least in terms of the. Uh... Kind of that fine line to being blunt with players and challenging them, but not berating them. And I think when you talk about maybe his message will have staying power, at least in the terms of uh, hockey coaches, we all know they don't last all that long. I, I think that does bode well. Uh, you know, I did a story, it was right around the, the first anniversary of uh, Baruby taking over as head coach. <laughs> a lot of the players, almost to a man, I mean, they, they weren't just. Uh, like, uh, you know, singing happy songs. Almost all of them said it's tough to play for him. He's demanding, but they were clear on their respect that they had for him and the fact that they know it works. I mean, his system and his style, it's worked at the highest level. They, 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 they won the cup. 
And you're right, he's constantly challenging the players and the coaches. And look at and it's it's more understated. But look at Oscar Sundquist, maybe from midway last season and this season. And again, I'm I'm not saying he's Tom Wilson, but how much more physical he is and hits he's taking and and just uh you know he, he's gotten fined a couple times he he, he he's gotten uh, uh, suspended in the in the uh, Stanley Cup final for for a game that element of Oscar Sundquist's game it, it wasn't there for his first I don't know season and a half and so you can see how he's developed as a player Craig Berube wants aggressive players and it's hard to be an aggressive player and get after it if, if you're not a confident player and it's 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 interesting because I, I again i look at him he's created the team that ken hitchcock wanted and really ken hitchcock had it uh himself with a team that made the final four with a younger troy brower with uh, david backus before he exited that team played a very similar smothering physical type of a game but you know with ken if you could put the cartoon balloons above the players while he was giving another one of these 45-minute dissertations, um, a, a lot of the STFU, uh, you know, bubbles above the heads of the players as they're having to endure still another one of these, uh, another one of these lectures. I mean, it's it's the same message, but it's done done in a different fashion. It's more direct and more uh, uh, succinct, but also. You know, it's a respect thing where the players, I think, respect the coach because, again, he was a thousand games in and none of them easy. And two, when when Craig respects the players because he knows what it takes, he had to fight for his living in the NHL. He knows how hard it is to make it in the league, and and I think there's a connection with that. And and you know, some guys who didn't play in the league uh, a lot uh, have a harder time bridging that gap. Yeah, yeah, no, I that. That's, that's that's a great point, and, and you're right. His his message. I think the players like that. They're brief. He gets to his point, and then he's out. He's he's not an order. I mean, Mike Yo, we liked him because he talked a lot. But some of his talks to the players, you know, on and on and on. You know, just tell us what we need to do, yeah. and if you have any advice on how we should do it, and then let's go out on the ice. And and that that's kind of a uh, uh, Baruby's uh, mantra. Just a quick I. Well, while we were talking, I, I looked up my, my notes on Pareko, and just to, to tell you what pay, playing on the power play helps, five of his ten goals this year are on the power play. So if he's still on the power play, and you could imagine if he was ever on the, the full-time power play, he, he, he might have even more goals. You know, and I'll, you'll probably get a bunch of people in your live chat here later today that people can join in on STL today or go back and review the uh, the transcript. But, you know, you'll still get people that are going to be dogging uh, Justin Falk. Well, for me, a, a, a couple things on it. You know, one, I, I, I like the way he plays. You know, he, he made some mistakes earlier in the season in particular. Uh, he had to adjust to coming to a team. You know, not that Carolina didn't have um, a structure, because obviously the Hurricanes did, but he was given some, some latitude because he played so much power play time. He was a little loosey-goosey, a little Kevin Shattenkirk-like. Um, a little more, a little tougher standard here because there are other defensemen who could supplant him and did on the power play. But, you know, I, I, I like the way he's fit in. I think there's some of the minus gets he gets caught up in that because a lot of guys got caught up in this team giving up a lot of empty net goals. So I need to right. subtract a lot of that minus right off the top. And then, two, to me, the best thing you can say about Justin Falk is he's playing a lot of minutes on a team that's got the second-best record in the league. And, yeah. and that, yeah. that's and, all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, 
end of discussion. And obviously his numbers are down, five goals, 11 assists. I think right now it would be his uh, his second lowest point total. And uh, he, he had a he had a chance to pass another season. I think one, one year he early in his career he had like 20, 22 points. But uh, I don't think fans should necessarily obsess o- over that just because, again, in the totality of it, he wasn't getting a ton of power play time. And, uh, he, he, you know, he did, he, even when he did, uh, on the second unit, that was a part, part of the season where the second unit was barely getting any time. It's a little bit more of a more equitable timeshare between the first and second unit now. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Does he strike me? What I've seen this year is a three time all star. No, but he's a pretty good player. I think he's played very well, uh, lately. Uh, there, there are a lot of things that made his adjustment. Uh, more difficult than Scandella. For one, Scandella had bounced around. I mean, this was hell. What isn't this? This is third team this season for Scandella. But uh, moving teams was something entirely new to Justin Falk because he had never been with another team. He had only known Carolina and how they did it. So not only moving teams, getting adjusted to a new system, like you said, a tighter, maybe more demanding system than Carolina. But he didn't just walk into a new team. He walked into the defending Stanley Cup champions and walked in right at the time when all this, uh, all, all, all these post-Stanley Cup festivities. So it's not that the players didn't try to welcome him in, but he, he missed all that stuff. He, he wasn't around the team. When, when, when they went to the, the uh, Hall of Fame uh, in Toronto for the, the, to, to present a ring to the Hockey Hall of Fame, he was. He went fishing that day. He he wasn't part of it, so he had all that. And uh, plus, one thing that at, at Carolina, he had the same pairing, same guy pairing, almost the entire time. And you know, there may be a few changes here and there from season to season, and that hasn't been the case. I mean, it has been musical chairs with the uh, defensive core with Craig Berube, in part because when they got him, they were uh, a little bit. Uh, 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 lopsided in terms of right-handed guys. So yeah, he's had some he's had some issues to face. But yeah, I you know he, he, he I I don't think it's a problem. And and you know maybe you have to make some tough decisions a, a year from now when when you have to really start thinking about the expansion draft. But uh, uh, again, I yeah no he's he's been more far more than a serviceable player. All right. So last thing on the net front for Jim Thomas as we wrap up this edition, the uh, global shutdown edition of, of the net front. Uh, I, I, I think this the only the only I guess the only thing I would have the only question I have about this team could it get it's going to be more talented than last year's team if it gets to go into the playoffs. But JT can uh, how tough is it to get that edge back? I mean, you you had that edge. Uh, you managed to reestablish it. You proved there wasn't any hangover. You know, you had, but you had a whole training camp to get there. Uh, it, you got yourself into the, the same type of a game. You got going eventually uh, this year. It would seem like because that's such a tough way to play, and they're going to have to play that way right away uh, when they get back to it, if they get back to it. I guess that would be my reservation. What's your thought on that? I, I couldn't agree more, Jeff, and I, I actually was thinking about this uh... – uh, yesterday, they if there are no regular season games, even this season, we know how focused this team is. We know even when they came in the camp, uh, we want to get this cup stuff behind us as soon as we can. But if you look back at those early uh, early games, it took them a while 
to get going. Maybe it, it, maybe right around the time Tarasenko got hurt, which was game 10, maybe a couple games before that, to, to get to their style of play. I, I think it's hard to just walk on the ice and play that way, physical, just doing the extra work, getting in the corners. That, that devilish, when they're, when they're on their game, the, the forechecking and then the, the forwards tracking back on plays and breaking up plays from, from behind. I, I think that style is exactly what you said, Jeff. It's harder to get to that style. And, yeah, I think that would be a little concern if they just went, boom, right right into a playoff series. Because if you have two, three, or four games where you're not quite to that point, to that level of, of what we know is Blues hockey under Berube, the, the series could be over. Yeah, no, that's uh, I guess that's the one scary thought. Uh, we uh, will see a lot of rested teams jump in on an, uh, on an even level and facing similar challenges going in. But uh, some teams could probably just get by in, uh, you know, sheer skill early and uh, until they find their game. They may have the luxury of, of uh, you know, kind of, you know, farting around, if you would. Uh, let's, let's say Colorado, if everybody's healthy, they could kind of yeah. go out for a skate and win a series. You're right. Play, play hey, pond Nate, hockey. Nathan, just, Nate, just go out there and skate with the boys. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, all right, well, JT, take care, you and the family. I hope all is well. Uh, same for all of our listeners. A reminder that you could uh, check out all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. Uh, we'll be doing some more things um, as we go forward, it's kind of sorting out uh, sports coverage. But more importantly, our, uh, our coverage of the ongoing uh, medical and now economic crisis uh, will be uh, very important for you and your families to keep coming back uh, to sdltoday.com for the best uh, local information. It'll be really important. And I, I got to give a shout out to all of our people here uh, at the Post who are, who are going to soldier on uh, under tough circumstances. We're just sports guys. Uh, we got people out on the front lines doing the, doing some heavy lifting. And uh, so shout out to them and to all of our listeners. Until next time, see ya.